Welcome back to the Adrian Bow Podcast featuring Troy Malcolm. AB, we have been inundated with requests from people from our listeners that they want to hear from in the McGrath group, which is kind of great in one way, but also a challenge for us to get around and make sure that we get all our listeners, uh, the people that they want to speak to. And today's episode is no different because today's episode, we've decided to go north of the border again uh, to a office and an area and an agent that has gone through um, so much of the McGrath development stuff, was a success before they joined McGrath, but in the northern suburbs of Brisbane, uh, and we're talking today to someone that I reckon a lot of our listeners are going to resonate with. Why? Because they go about their business, uh, they're not showy, and they consistently outperform their competitors every single transaction. Uh, we're speaking to no one other than Mr. Craig Lee. Craig, how are you, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, hi, I'm well, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure, Craig, pleasure. Thanks for coming north of the border. Um, yeah, <laughs> we feel warmer just by saying we're north of the water. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's a cold 20 degrees up here, so. <laughs> no so, Craig, um, so you're working in, in uh, that, that section of, uh, of, of in Brisbane, if you like, from our office of, uh, of Wilson, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a terrific, terrific part of, uh, of the world and a Fast growing and rapidly, uh, 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 vol- rapidly growing volume precinct as well, both in terms of transactions and and McGrath's market share. So, really exciting to have you on board today. Um, I suppose just just what what a lot of uh, listeners enjoy enjoy being exposed to, Craig, is not so much all the success, but but what people have experienced in this industry in terms of challenges. And you know, I know that you're not uh, shy in sharing that there was a period, you know, 12 months or so ago where, you know, you, you questioned things and your, your performance wasn't as well as you were expecting. Um, what changed? And, you know, because at the end of the financial year that's just finished, we're talking about 1.7 million in GCI and over 80 transactions. Now, that would put you in the top probably 3% in the country, okay? So something to be extremely proud of and you're certainly nominated on the awards evening and you're up there with the best of the best. So, you know, if we could go back 12 months ago or more, what sort of space were you in? What actions did you take or what inspired you to, to get on that trajectory? Um, I really felt like at that time I was almost like a bit of a prisoner in my own business a little bit, like with maybe some of the people that I thought I really needed um, and I was really too scared to have conversations around how to change um, some of the cultural aspects of our business and, you know, that's something that's hard to tie down and um, I think when I just got some really good advice from people that are important to me, like family that don't have an interest in real estate and don't have a background, I just got some really clear answers that, you know, don't be afraid to just rip the Band-Aid off and um, extricate those those um, challenges from your business, and it was a really it was a tough period to go through. But I mean, it's probably the most amazing thing for our growth because it really just made us go, "Hang on, like maybe we should be applying a, a, a similar process to many different aspects of our business to determine, like, well, what's good for us and what isn't good for us." Um, it's just was definitely I don't want to say like mindset shift, but that kind of just happened through yeah. some very challenging conversations, really, and we just really had to face the music, um, things that we put off for a really long time. We just had to face it. 
do you mind giving us some examples, Craig? Like because mindset is something not to be dismissed mm. uh, because, frankly, you know, as as Troy and I, I talk about, you know, 10% of, of real estate coaching is telling people what to do because we all know what to do and that's make a bunch of calls and have a bunch of face-to-face meetings um, and 90% of it is working out why you're not doing it. So mm. what I'm hearing is you weren't, you know, there was 90% of, coaching required which is working out why you weren't doing the basics you know um but what were some examples of conversations that were had and changes that you yeah at that time i found that my time was really being like i guess the word for it would be usurped um that's probably a good word for it like by um really just um resources in our business that and and i was putting a lot of time and energy and trying to add value in conversations with agents and team members to help progress our business but it was really just they weren't looking for that for me they were just looking for just to have a have a go or does does that make sense so whereas it was really like a bit when, when we try and try to remove that entirely or it kind of just happened because we weren't willing to have that anymore in our business things just really changed and then what I meant was we started to go well hang on let's really look to like where where is the value in our business truly and let's try and really just explore that exclusively and um and then yeah just really all things all started to transpire and other people left and it really just and where, where was the value in your business specifically craig um it was in particular people like it's definitely in the people like the people that were really close to me i found i was actually overlooking maybe some of the, the things that they were doing for me and i wasn't really um appreciating it and um, like they were still here, they were still supporting me, even when maybe it looked like I wasn't supporting them because I was so focused on people that were like a little toxic in the business. And so yeah. that was really hard to hear. Like, wow, I'm, and I was really sorry about that. Yeah, um, we find that Adrian so yeah. so often uh, the leadership role, whether you are the leader of a business like Craig or you're just the natural leader of the office, that that tribal person, the tribal chief of an office, people will naturally gravitate towards you, whether they're happy, uh, they're neutral, or they're dissatisfied. The ones that are dissatisfied, or in use of a better term, the toxic ones, they're going to come to you a lot. And they, what we call energy sappers, those energy sappers can take your focus away from process and solely be trying to put out fires with them. And I think... I think that's the transition you actually went through, Craig, was those people, you made a line in the sand and you decided, right, as an office, as a business, as a person, as a culture, we no longer stand for those things. Yes, it yeah. was hard to rip that Band-Aid off, but as soon as we ripped that Band-Aid off, all the processes started to be done right again. And that's why 12 months down the track, you've had so much success of making in excess of 80 transactions, over $1.7 million worth of GCI, and well on track to improve on that this financial year as well. And Adrian, that's one of the things that a lot of businesses say in the McGraw network that sometimes they need to focus on themselves and the rest will actually appear. And I think that's when you understand what you're trying to achieve and why you're trying to achieve it, mm. you go back to the basics and not so much focus on the goal or the outcome. Mm. That's where you start to see the greatest return on your investment. Absolutely. And so what I'm hearing is there was some, some hygiene required in your, in your immediate team, which is, which, is, mm. which is always a good thing. Secondly, your, your mindset changed to focus on dollar productive activities because you don't just go from, you know, doubling your GCI and 
doubling your volume without focusing on dollar productive activity. So talk us through how your day changed as well, you know, what, what a typical day has looked like in the last 12 months for you, you know, in terms of prospecting in the morning, meetings in the afternoon, you know, what, what, what does that look like? Um, it very much was exactly what you just said, trying to focus on, because my energy is a lot better in the morning, like a lot of people, so really focusing the, the higher quality conversations and where you're really needing to be, um, a bit, you need to manoeuvre around the conversation to add value specifically in that situation. Like I found I had to have those conversations in the morning because that's where I generally was going to have a higher success rate. Um, I also found one thing that we went off track with quite a um, back in that sort of uh, darker period was we weren't really meeting as a team in the mornings and discussing mm-hmm. It's almost like we were like worried too because of what was going to come up that we yeah. didn't really want to talk about and admit. Um, but we got, went back to having work in progress meetings in the morning and just getting clear around what we're all doing for the day. And um, yeah, and I just think yeah. that, that was really yes. crucial. So, so team, team alignment is critical yeah. um, because agents agents have an ability to stand for nothing and fall for anything. So their <laughs> 24 hours can go past and you can yeah. Still don't have a roadmap, um, so that that's that's great. What I'm also wanting to understand, Craig, is your immediate team as it looks now. If you could just give us a snapshot on on who you've got and what what their roles are. Yeah. Sure. And an interesting thing that I might add here is, at that point in time, back when we were really kind of running it around the eight state fifty in GCI, I actually had a fourth team member. Mm-hmm. So I was actually running with myself. Maddie, who's been with me pretty much the whole time I've been with McGrath, um, so about, about three and a half years. And then um, Kale's been with me as a co-agent for just under three years. Um, I had an, another co-agent at that time, and I was thinking, this is just not profitable. How is this going to work? Like, we're, just not, we're not cutting through. And then through that whole dynamic, that changed as well. And it's just been really the three of us since, and we've still managed to, to, to keep that pace. I mean, with difficulty at times, but I think um, um, that was it's an important point to add that we dropped. And now, so, so, as the current team of three, what what what, what are the typical role uh, descriptions yeah. there? Um, pretty much, I've got Kale as a, a basically a social agent role. So his really focus is on um, uh, buyer, servicing our buyers, handling inquiries. Um, we, I've managed uh, the pipeline past appraisals to try and get um, listing opportunities from that sort of hotter data. Cal's really focused on colder stuff and really um, open homes and making sure we're having leakage through that channel. Um, and then Maddie's primary just in, um, administration role and really like the captain kind of just looking after Cal and I and making sure we're on track and there's limited crossover and our clients are actually getting good interface um with us as a team brilliant yeah so what i'm hearing is less is more because you you know you had you had a a, a fuller team doing less volume now you've got a, a a leaner team doing more volume so it can be about creating efficiencies with existing team members but sometimes it does require an extra team member to go to that extra level but that's an exception in our opinion mm-hmm. um you know, we think that that you know 80 odd sales the current headcount for your team is absolutely spot on yeah. in terms of the McGrath uh, template. Um, so I, I, I'm loving the efficiencies that are created. Uh, 
Craig, we, we had a coaching session as well a while back. What, what were some key takeaways from that that you think you implemented at the time um, that, that did assist you as well? I think the, what you identified was there's certainly the, the, the skills are in the team already. It's now just a matter of consistency with what we're doing and a bit more of letting go of particular things. I mean, I've always struggled with that. I'm just from previous jobs and like it's, I like to just take control of things and manage it from end to end and just very much started over many years of letting go of a lot of things and there's going to need to be more of that um, definitely and giving my team a bit of freedom and autonomy to really own their jobs like to the, to the fullest extent. Um, yeah. They really have that already but I think they need that to, to tr- fully have that in order to... to That's brilliant. What what we covered off before was, you know, to grow, you got to let go, you know, and, and I think I shared my story around, oh, every time I delegated callbacks, I thought my business was going to go backwards, but it didn't. Every time I delegated buyer inquiry, I thought my business was going to go backwards, but it didn't. So it's, it's innately a lot of high-performing agents uh, I'd like to be in control and when they lose control they feel like they go into overwhelm, but it's quite the opposite. You know, if you're... If your time is freed up so you can proactively prospect and create new listing opportunities, therefore new sale opportunity, then that's a lot better use of your time than it is being, you know, the receptionist, the marketing manager, the HR consultant for your EB. Yeah. So the other thing we talked about in the session was data. You know, and as, as you know, Troy and I are massive on building data and I, and I know that you've taken that on board as well. Has that helped your business? Definitely, it absolutely has. Just having some 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 rules around how we manage that. Um, yeah. That's always going to be something. Like what we have is, we have probably like a legacy issue we have to address. Yes. Um, but moving forward, we definitely have implemented some some very clear black and white rules around how we manage our data and what we expect. But and then we're just going to progressively chip away at the historical stuff over time, just to try and get it all to the same standard. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that's that's really important. Um, so yeah, that was very helpful, and I can actually we were we were pretty blown away actually about how you know you explained how your business still runs to the extent it does with everything that you do in addition, um, you know, with all of this training. So yeah, we're we're like wow, okay, well this is this is legitimate, and we have to get on board with this, mm-hmm. otherwise. Yeah, the- yeah. I suppose it goes to show that that data is an asset. And, and, and it is an asset that can create a yield if you nurture it appropriately and grow it appropriately. Mm. So, um, you know, sure, my, my business is somewhat passive now, but, you know, e- 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 with yours, Craig, um, you know, you're fully in control where you're nurturing it, growing it on a daily basis, you're staying in your lane in terms of purely, purely focusing on listing, mm. price alignment, and negotiation and you've got specialty people in specialty fields and roles that are doing their same, uh, you know, focus area in their space and in their lane, which is exactly what an EBU is all about. So, Troy, I think getting into the listing side of things, I'd love to hear, you know, when Craig walks into a listing, um, uh, you know, his, his appraisal to list ratio is very high. Well, um, I was going to say, Adrian, the, the biggest impact that listeners will have listening to this episode Mm. is the fact that there's focus and clarity around who does what in the office Mm -hmm. 
that translation piece has had a direct return and result on the clients that Craig and his team are actually dealing with. Yeah. Right? You can't have no focus in the office and expect your clients to want to use you. Yeah. So a lot of people listening to this episode focus clarity on who does what in the office, Mm -hmm. focus clarity on what you stand for will translate to your clients and that will actually become an attraction strategy as opposed to you trying to chase and do one to all and not have that direct relationship with those clients. I think it's a really valid point that you said, Craig, about that rapport that you've built with those clients Mm. uh, and allowing that specialization and and somewhat letting go a little bit and allowing the team to actually do what they're best at. Yeah. So how do you think you differentiate yourself, Craig, at a listing appointment? Because, you know, frankly, there, there is a theory that, you know, if you squint, all agents can look the same, you know, because everyone's got a marketing presentation, mm-hmm. everyone will show their signboard, everyone will say they put the property on the web portals, etc. I mean, you know, from, from a personal sense and from a uh, uh, going from the head to the heart, if you like, how do you connect with those clients so they they're compelled to use you and they see you as more of a human than just a real estate agent. Well, that's the point, really. Um, you have to achieve that. Um, and I think the only way to t- truly do that is to actually bring, when we have a conversation here and there's a level of energy around what we're doing, but in a presentation I think you've got to moderate what what energy you bring and make it a appropriate for the situation you're in, the client you're dealing with, do a little bit of background on the person you're going to meet. Who are they? What profession are they in? What sort of person are they likely to be on the basis of their profession? Just little things. Try and garner as much information as you can about them. And it's not to be creepy about it. It's actually actually to just try and just get on their level because you're you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. But I think if you can try and just be relatable and what they need in that moment, I think you're going to have much more cut through because if you're bringing the right energy to that situation, Mm. you could say something maybe not quite correct or you might not quite hit the mark when it comes to what they're thinking price-wise. But if they believe you and trust you, then, you know, you can can work your way around that and Mm -hmm. and still get the business. So Mm. I think you've just got to be prepared. It's kind of exciting sometimes. Mm. To think, well, what am I stepping into, and um, you know, what do I, what am I, what do I need to bring to the table? Um, I and I that. think it's important. Like, yeah, I mean, it's great to be authentic, but sometimes being authentic is about being. I think it's also about being what they need yeah. at yeah. that time. Like, and yeah. we've, we've heard people just need you to listen and shut yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah we've had so many times as well. The greatest real estate agents are actually chameleons because yeah. they bring the energy and they actually serve the client in the circumstance that they require. Yeah. So if it's to get a premium result, there's a different type of energy to someone that's probably gone through a hardship or some personal circumstance that they're selling mm. the family home after 40 years. So yeah. you're exactly right. I, I think that is uh, so understated and underrated as mm. a core skill that agents mm. need to get better at mm. to actually connect and build trust and rapport and trust and confidence like we've heard so many times on this podcast yeah. with their clients. Well, I think, Craig, there's two bits of gold there. One people may not have heard, which was, you know, listen more and just shut up for a moment, you know, when you're out of listing. So I think that that's absolutely gold without trying to sound facetious, you know, or, or disrespectful mm. or listening. But, you know, we've got, you know, the agents can be talking heads, Craig, as we know. Um, and, you know, I, I think that listening is a, is a highly underrated skill set that at listing appointments you need to utilise. The other thing which I loved, Craig, there was 
we know that the client is is conducting a digital interview on us, right? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a two-way street there's no reason why we shouldn't be conducting a digital interview on them before we go there and as you said it's nothing yeah. creepy but it's like it makes sense to go on linkedin and will your energy and dialogue be slightly nuanced if you're talking to a ceo of a you know listed company versus an 83 year old woman yeah. living in the house for 50 years Yes, it's still with the same integrity, still in the same theme, still in the same objective, but, you know, your, your, your energy will be nuanced to, to be appropriate for that type of demographic of, of client. Yeah. I think also the one thing that will be completely different between those demo, the type, different types of demographics is the level of you'll have your evidence to, to, to back up what you're saying, but how much you draw on your evidence um, to, to provide a, a viewpoint on things I think is the difference. So like a lot of people like with a medical background or evidence-based, you know, they have to make decisions that are black and white. And in our area here in Wilson, there is a lot of medical professionals. So I'm all about you've got to have a, an evidence-based approach when it comes to um, your, your view and um, what you're proposing. Whereas sometimes, you know, you, you deal with a lot of teachers and they're much more feeling people and they want you to be friendly and... Mm. I mean, we are friendly, but, you know, (laughs) you would sort of ramp that up a little bit more. So I just think, yeah, without being, um, it's it's not lying, it's just being what they need and that's that's the difference. Yeah, and anyone who's been through any Dr. Fred Gross coaching is that you need to bring out your sub-personalities at the appropriate times because Mm -hmm. as humans we have you know, scores of sub-personalities. We've got the child, we've got the professional, we've got the wise person, we've got the advisor. Uh, you know, and what you're saying, uh, Craig, is remain authentic, remain you. However, bring out the appropriate sub-personality in front of the right people. So, you know, the medical fraternity, you've you've nailed it there, identifying that, yes, let's not dig our, our head in the sands and, and not accept that there is a, a huge medical fraternity in your marketplace. Mm-hmm. So guess what? They're going to be a lot more pragmatic than there are idealists like the teachers. Um, yeah. And that doesn't mean you change. That doesn't mean your values change. It just means you're going to have a different energy and a slight nuance on your dialogue. Um, you know, if someone is, is uh, visual-based, um, then you, you're going to show them some visuals. You're going to have some marketing cloud all there. If a lot of, if someone's a bit more idealistic, it wants to hear about case studies or how you talk with dialogue on buyers, well, that should make part of your listing appointment. Um, you know, so that digital interview I think is critical. We we talked about a stat the other day, Craig, that 57% of vendors have already made the decision on who they're going to go with before they invite the agent to, to present to their property. Um, you know, incredible statistic. And guess what? You know, I think we as agents can adopt a similar approach in that, well, let's choose who we want to work with. And, and that's not from an arrogant point of view because if we heard Barbara Corcoran talk at Eric this year, she was all about, you know what, affability is underrated. You've got to like the, the people that you're actually working with, working you know, for and selling it's for. Hard to sit, it's hard to sit there and listen to someone, someone shit if you don't like them, really. It is. Like it honestly is. I'm like, I don't yeah. want to be around you anymore. But I think um, you, you're absolutely right. But I think also if you still get appointed, and there's aspects, maybe you just need to, to work that through and break the ice a little better with that person after the fact and you've maybe missed something or you've kind of got the balance out a little bit and then you, you've got an opportunity, I reckon, to get it back on track. 
and and maybe find some mutual ground with who they are and who you are and you know, get a groove going. Yeah, definitely. And and the digital interview, as you said, it may not necessarily be that you you bring out information that you've learned from them on LinkedIn, but it, it could it could influence what you say and how you say it. Uh, and we're not trying to trick people. We're, we're, we're just trying to create that trust and confidence piece, which mm-hmm. which Todd Duncan talked about a lot in ARIC, which I think is critical. And as you know, Craig, you know, you've sat in thousands of listing presentations, um, you know, that no matter how good the brand is, no matter how good the signboard's going to look, no matter how good the advertising is going to look, if you cannot connect that person, as Todd Duncan said, you will not convert them, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we're here to convert everyone, but, you know, connecting and converting are, are not mutually exclusive. We, don't, we need to be able to, to do both. Um, so it's an interesting interesting piece of, of insight uh, which can be replicated, should be replicated with buyers as well, Troy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everything you've said has been 100% right and, you know, equally to the vendor side of the conversation, buyer conversations are exactly the same. Uh, interesting to know as well, Craig, a question that I had, a lot of your local uh, clients, they stay local long term, right? Um, Massively. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so every piece of information, every conversation that Craig and his team is having is having an impact. Yeah. Adrian, as we know, there's a lot of markets that we operate and we have offices that face the similar circumstance that when people live there, they stay there forever. Mm-hmm. So it's a long-term game and the steps that you're taking obviously are paying dividends and that will continue to grow with more specialisation and focus. I think it's fantastic. Outstanding interview. Anyone listening to this, just save it. Save it as a favourite because everything you've said mm-hmm. about the way you deal with clients, the way your team has specialisation, the way that you've gone through um, hardships and come out the other side by just having a clear focus and clarity on what you're trying to achieve, that's all you need to know. In this business, it's a simple business. People overcomplicate it. If you do those key things right, you're going to have the success that you want for yourself and you can write whatever you want to achieve. And the other key thing was the the, the data piece, you know, because Craig and I talked about a few months ago about having a KPI to grow your database and, you know, I identified that. You know, uh, and I'm sure Craig doesn't mind me sharing it, but, you know, the database was a bit anemic. We, we needed to, to, to build it. We created a KPI to do that. And identifying property owners on a monthly basis and celebrating that is, is, is a key metric because, unfortunately, a lot of agents just base uh, success on listings and sales. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that you can measure yourself on, and that can be buyer appointments, it can be market appraisals, it can be building data. There's a bunch of stuff there that you can also celebrate because otherwise the industry can be incredibly disheartening. And being disheartened leads to disappointment. Disappointment sometimes leads to disillusion, and and then that's when you start to see attrition in the industry and people Mm -hmm. moving on and doing other things. I think it's disheartening because it's sometimes you can just get to a point of overwhelm where you're like, I just don't actually know how to fix this issue and I don't know where, what to start first. Yeah, yep. I think the point is just start with something. Just do something. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yep. what, even if it's the easiest thing first, just do something. Like we reached out and I mean, we're, I'm just I'm lucky that we have a network like this where we have some very successful people that are great leaders. Um, they know exactly what needs to happen. Um, so I'm lucky like that. Um, but I think, look, there's, just start by doing something to address yep change and then things will start you'll start to see a little bit of success with that and then from there 
you get the energy to do it across your business. Absolutely. And even though it's a big cliche, Troy and I often say, don't let perfection get in the way of getting started. Just, just launch your business plan, launch your CRM, launch your database growth. Turn spell check on. <laughs> yeah, turn spell check on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and you know what? It'll just evolve and you'll tweak it and it'll, and it'll evolve again and you'll tweak it and you'll review it and you'll have a daily meeting with your team, which you talked about, and you'll learn what went wrong yesterday and you'll fix it. You know, as we've talked about in some of the webinars, 90% of the problem with problems is the way we allow it to affect us, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, the main point is coming up with a solution and only ha- allowing 10% to focus on the problem and 90% are coming up with a better solution because this industry you do come up with challenges. People get sick, you do, you do get burned out, vendors can be irate, buyers can be irrational. Like all these things are realities, right, which we've got to deal with in, on a daily basis. And unless we've got our big rocks anchored, which is our morning ritual and our prospecting plan each and every day, then all the other stuff is a lot easier to deal with. So this has been an awesome interview. I really love the, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, the energy that we've, we've created and, and that, that, that level we've got to in terms of, um, you know, being in a listing, what it feels like, what it looks like, what your team has been able to achieve over a 12-month period is outstanding. And good for you for putting your hand up, Craig, and saying, you know what, I did need help. Uh, I, I was in a bit of a funk. Uh, I did need to change my mindset. But, you know, it, it just you just didn't put it out to the universe and happen. That was part of it. But you also made fundamental pragmatic changes that have made a difference. And you stayed in process rather than focusing on the outcome, which is excellent. Yeah, yeah I can only echo those thoughts. It always comes down to the individual and what they want to achieve. And, Adrian, as we just mentioned, process over outcome always will win in any business if you have clarity and alignment of what you're trying to achieve. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another Adrian Bow podcast. Craig, we cannot thank you enough for spending an hour with us, sitting down and chatting all things real estate. We've loved having you on. Uh, For any information that you guys want to connect with Craig directly, go on social media, find him under social media, connect through to his McGrath email address. Very easy, Craig Lee, L-E-A, at McGrath. Uh, to that agents everyone listening to this we will be back with another McGrath uh, staff member that is similar to Craig is just focused has clarity and is outperforming the market they are operating in in the next seven days coming to you live on iTunes make sure you give us a shout out make sure you rate it five stars cannot wait to see you all again next week